Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, guys. Welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. And we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast on YouTube. Subscribe there. You can also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast. And we're so thankful that you guys have found us and you are listening with us and joined us today. All right. So for today's podcast, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the topic. It's never too late to get it right. It's never too late to get it right. This is so good because I think a lot of us sometimes uh, I think we kind of fall into this thought process and we fall into this idea that in my life, where I am right now, it's too late. Like there's nothing else I can do or you want to get better, but you realize the path to get there. You feel like it's so far away that it's really not worth even trying because it's so far, which I understand both concepts. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to try to introduce this topic, and we're also going to see how we can understand some ways that it's never too late, all right? So it's never too late. So let's kind of introduce it this way. So sometimes um, uh, we walk through life sometimes, and sometimes we'll get to a point where literally nothing is working. (laughs) You guys ever been there before? Like nothing in your life is working out right now. Like absolutely nothing. You know, you know for yourself that you want better for yourself, but you don't know how to get there. So maybe this describes you right now. Each day is another struggle at work. Each day is another struggle with life situations. Each day you struggle at home too. And all you want in your life is some type of answer. But your problems, they seem so big. You feel like for you right now, you're kind of at the bottom of the mountain. And then when you look up where you want to go, you look at it as it's so impossible because work is so bad right now, because life is so bad right now, because home situation is so bad right now. It's just it seems like it's just impossible to get where I want to go. Does this sound familiar? I understand completely. And honestly, I was this guy not too long ago. I understand exactly this sentiment. And for those who know me now, right, for those who see what I'm doing now, the things that you didn't see, you didn't see the climb. You didn't see, uh, you know, how hard it was to climb. You know, you just see where I'm at now. But the climb, the climb was hard. The climb wasn't friend-filled. The climb wasn't joyous. You know what the climb was? At times, the climb was dark. The climb was monotonous. It seemed like the same thing was happening and it felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. And so for me, there was a time 
where even I thought it was over. I thought it was over for me. I thought things, I thought in my life, I thought that my purpose was, I thought I was meant to struggle because at the time that's all I was doing. I was struggling at work. I was struggling finding, finding money. I was struggling with a lot of other things. So there was a time where even I thought it was over. But here's what I'm here to tell you today. Remember, what's our topic? It's never too late to get it right. So I'm here to tell you it's not over. It's not over. I promise you it's not over. And so I'm here today to help you kind of take your first steps to start climbing again. Because it's never too late to get it right. I promise it's never too late to get it right. So how do we do this? Here's a process that the Bible talks about. And here's a process that even after I got done studying this, here's a process that I looked at and I was like, man, like I actually had to do these things too. And so this process is incredible. It's tough. All right. So I'll say it from the jump. It's not easy, but I'm telling you, this is what we need to do if you want to change and you want to change in your life, right? I can see you shaking your head. Yeah. So if you want this change, I'm going to show you how. All right. So number one. So in order to get right, in order to start climbing, number one, you have to take time to mourn and you have to take time to reflect. You got to take time to mourn and you got to take time to reflect. So remember, you're in this situation where work is terrible. You're in the situation where you're dealing with a bunch of life situations. You're in this situation where you're struggling at home, too. So you have to take some time in order to climb and in order to get your life back on track with God and literally get yourself back on track. What you need to do, you need to take some time to reflect and to mourn on what's happening right now. But the, here's the thing you need to reflect and mourn about. See, what's happening right now, that's the result. That's the result. But you need to reflect and mourn on the decisions that got you to the result. So what you need to do is literally just sit there for a second and look back at all the decisions that you made that got you exactly where you're at right now. That's what you need to mourn, and that's what you need to reflect about. So look at this. Here's a, here's a couple examples. We're going to correlate a few. Look at Luke chapter 15, guys. Luke 15, and we're going to look at verses 14 through 17. And again, I want to mention this too. I'm coming from a place of everything that I'm about to say, I had to do it. Okay. So it's not coming from a place of this is what I heard. This is what I think. This is what, this is what sounds good. No, number one, this is what the Bible says. But then number two, I had to do it too. So again, I understand the process, right? I totally understand the process. Okay. So I'm not coming from that type of place. So let's, let's move forward here. So Luke 15. So we obviously know the account of the prodigal son, right? So if you don't know what the prodigal son does, it's him and his brother. And he, and Jesus tells his parable and essentially the, the prodigal son or the younger brother tells his father, I want my inheritance now. So if you don't know what inheritance means, it, it basically means I want my share of my money now. And so the rule was you're supposed to get that money once your father died. But the young son was so prideful. He said, father, I want my I want my money now. The father gives it to him. 
the younger son goes out and the Bible says that the young son spent all of his inheritance with riotous living. What that was, we don't know. But all we know is it's riotous. <laughs> and last time I checked, riotous was never good. <laughs> it's never a good connotation. Okay. So that's what happened. So now the young son is now in a situation just like where you're at right now, just like where I used to be. The young son is struggling. The young son is struggling with life. The young son is struggling with home problems because he left. There's a bunch of issues now. So what does the young son do? Look at verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. So circle, highlight, do what you like to do in your Bible there. Circle that phrase, when he had spent all, and then circle the phrase, he was, or there arose a mighty famine in the land. Remember, what did we say we got to do, guys? Forget the result. He understood where he was. But what was he doing? He was mourning and he was reflecting on what got him there. So here's what happens. After he spent everything, then a mighty famine arose. So did you know that when you and I, when we don't do things God's way or or this, or when we don't do things and let God lead us in doing those things, 100%, you are always going to hit a famine. So where you're at right now, that's your famine. That's your famine. And so maybe your job that you took, it's not what you thought it was going to be. Maybe that relationship that you took, it's not what you thought it'd be. Maybe your finances, it's not where you thought it'd be. So now, after you've spent all and done everything for that job, for those things, now what did you just hit? You just hit a famine. And you know what's ironic about it? Is all this time, we've been sacrificing time with God just to end up where? In a famine. So I guarantee the things that you're struggling at right now, guess what you've been giving 100% of your time to? The exact same thing that's leading you to where you are right now. You're in a famine. So all this time you've been sacrificing and you've literally been killing yourself just to end up exactly where you are. So then what we need to realize is we need to realize, okay, these decisions have gotten me here, but what's next? Let's keep reading. So when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And then what does the rest of the text say? And he began to be in want. So this ain't working out like I thought it was. You see, here's something that the, that some Christians, it takes a while to learn and I had to learn it too. The things that you give your heart to 100%, right? Job, life situations, whatever it is. If that thing is not God, it won't fulfill you. It won't. And so he thought the riotous living and money would fill something within him. But what happened after the money was gone, after the, the good part was gone, the famine came. And then after the famine came, then he's in want. 
So then, verse number 15, so he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And when he had fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. So now we're mourning and we're reflecting. All right, I understand I got, I got my money. I understand I spent it all. Now I understand that I'm working with a citizen of the country who feeds pigs. And now I'm so desperate that I would eat their food instead of eating human food. So now he's starting to mourn and reflect on the right things. So now what you need to ask yourself is where was God in all this? So notice verse 17. And when he came to himself, circle that phrase, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? So now he's starting to ask himself the right questions. He's saying, so my father has servants and his servants have way more than I do. But I'm eating this. So notice when he came to himself. See, now we need to ask, so where, where has God been in all of my plans? Who did he mention in verse 17? He mentioned my father. So guess what you need to start mentioning right now? How have, have I been putting God so far on the back burner that he's literally just been giving, been getting the scraps of my life and I've been putting other things ahead of him? No wonder we're struggling. No wonder we're struggling. So notice, remember all the way back in James chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, how James mentions before you go and buy and sell and get gain, we need to say, if the Lord wills, then we'll do this. If the Lord wills, then we'll do that. That's a sign of putting God in your plans. So now, for you and I, as we're mourning and as we're reflecting on our decisions, we need to start thinking, okay, if God hasn't been leading me this whole time, because remember, if God is leading me to this, then I shouldn't feel this way. So if it wasn't God, then this whole time, who's been in control? See, now, now you got to be honest with yourself. Man, I've been trying to take control of my own life. So then when you and I realize up to this point that we've been trying to do things on our own and make things happen without God, now we're starting to come to ourselves now. So you see the process that this young man went through? He realizes, okay, now I need to go to my father. So now here's what happens. So verse 16, the text says that he would fain have eaten the husk that the swine did eat, but no man came to him. So it got to the point where desperation set in. And you know, when, when people are desperate, they'll do anything when they're desperate. And so maybe you're at a point right now where you just feel like things are so out of control that I would literally do anything else just to get out of what I'm doing right now. That's a good spot to be in. That's also a bad spot to be in. It's good because you realize you need to change and you realize that someone else needs to be in control. Number two, it's bad. Because if you don't realize those things, then you'll go down a deeper hole and things will get worse. So you have to take this with the right type of mindset. So now we looked at the prodigal son. So what is he doing then? Before, before he can even make change, what does he have to do? 
he mourned and he reflected on the decisions that he shouldn't have made. So for you and I, before we can change, we have to look back and we have to look at what got us here. Man, I've been giving all my time to this. No wonder I have no energy. I've been giving all my time to this. No wonder my spiritual life has gone gone south. I've been doing this. No wonder this isn't working because guess who's not in control in your life? God. And that's one thing that I've had to realize and you have to realize that you have to let God know I've been trying to do this by myself and it's not working. It's not working. I've tried everything. It's not working. That's where humility begins to develop and that's what we need. And so now we look at that Luke 15 example, but now look at another one. Look at Daniel, uh, <clears throat> Daniel chapter four. Keep your finger there in Luke because I think we're going to go back. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Daniel chapter four and verse number 34, we're going to reference Nebuchadnezzar again too. But again, if you don't know anything about Nebuchadnezzar, he was the king of Babylon at this time. And so what happened, Nebuchadnezzar looked upon his palace and he said, look at all these great things that I've built. Look at everything that I've made. So basically, he was just as prideful as that young son in Luke 15. So now the Lord came and talked to him, to King Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, everything that you have is going to be taken away and you will be driven from men. And he said, I'm not going to bring you back until you know who rules in the, in the kingdoms of men. And so literally Nebuchadnezzar's body changed into a beast and he was eating grass like a, like a beast. So all this stuff happened and notice what happens in verse 34. And at the end of these days, I Nebuchadnezzar lifted up my eyes unto heaven. And what happened? My understanding returned unto me. What did the young man just say in Luke 15? My reason returned unto me. See, sometimes when we're struggling at work with life, with home, with other things, sometimes the only thing that can wake us up is when God puts us down. The only thing that can wake us up is when God puts us down. So that struggle that you're dealing with right now, this could be a high possibility that this could be God saying, wake up. You need to make some changes. Because if you don't make spiritual changes, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck. Here's this example. And I'll, I'll get a little personal here. Remember I said I had to go through this? So I went through this prideful state too. You know, I come from the school of preaching, you know, doing, doing, you know, great things there, learning there, being the, uh, the youth guy there, being president of my class, come back home, all that's gone. All the money that I had, gone, because I still had to pay bills. I have nothing, nothing to my name. Now I had to get a job, right? And I got a job at uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Never forget it. Worst job I've ever had. I mean, I just didn't, you know, the managers there were always just trying to, you know, get me to drink and get me to do a bunch of stuff, which I didn't, but they were trying to get me to do all these things. You know, you're cleaning up other people's messes, right? You're cleaning up, you know, terrible cars. You're, you're working, 
you're working uh you know in the cold you're working in in the heat i mean it was just a culmination of a bunch of things it was just terrible terrible right and so you know i was so prideful that i thought everything was supposed to work out for me right and it didn't so i remember one day it was it was in the winter freezing cold and i'm in my car and as i'm in my car i'm looking at work and i'm just sitting in my car and i just started crying in the car i had gotten to the point where i'd gotten so low i didn't know what to do i mean it was just struggle after struggle after struggle after struggle and i had to mourn and i had to reflect on the decisions that i made and the attitude that i had to get me to that point and so he had to do it in luke 15 nebuchadnezzar had to do it i had to do it others had to do it you have to do that too in order for things to change you have to look back at the decisions and your personal attitude that got you where you are and so sometimes what this is and i didn't realize that at the time because I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But sometimes this is God's way. That was God's way for me to tell me to wake up. And sometimes what's happening to you right now, that might be God's way to tell you to wake up. And you know what? You know what it is too? It's also God telling you, maybe you should have done this my way and you wouldn't be where you are. Because if you think about it, pride is what God is where we are. If we're being real, pride is really what God is where we are. And when we do things pridefully, we do it without God. So when we're at that point, God is telling us, if you would have done things my way, the scriptural way, you wouldn't be where you are. And so we have to take time to mourn and reflect. It's not too late, though. It's not too late to get it right. So we got to take time to mourn and reflect. That's the first step. Okay, let's move forward. So before we move forward, I wanted to uh, give you guys a quick um, a quick plug here. Um, if you like the podcast, if you, if you support the podcast, I really appreciate it. But I would love your support to help you go grow the podcast a little bit more and, and keep developing and get bigger and better. So if you could go to www.com anchor.fm right anchor.fm backslash when the scriptures become real you'll see my website there and you'll see the podcast logo and you'll see a button called support and then you can support the podcast for 99 cents a month for 4.99 a month or 99 or 9.99 a month i would really appreciate it if you could support any way that you can i would love to have your support to help the podcast get get bigger and better and we're just so thankful for where we are now. So I just really appreciate you guys for that. All right. So moving forward, we got to take time to mourn and reflect, right? So that's that's a great spot to be in, right? So you, you got to get there. So then number two, after we've got that time to mourn and reflect on why we're where we are, then number two, we got to take action. But, but we got to take action with God, all right? So the last time you did take action, 
because you you had to have taken action on something to get where you are. But the difference is the last time you took action without consulting God on it. So now this time take action, but this time do it with him. So now go back to Luke 15. Go back to Luke 15. <laughs> this is so simple, guys. I mean, it's just, oh, it's so good. All right. So Luke 15 and look at verse, look at verse, uh, verse, look, so start verse 18. So actually 17. So, so let's recap. So he came to himself, right? And he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. Circle this phrase. What did he say? I will arise. So what is that? What's our point? Take action, right? So after he mourned and after he reflect on the decisions that got him where he was, what did he do? Verse 18. I will arise. He took action. Here's the thing about mourning and reflecting. When you do that, you can't stay there. You cannot stay there. Give yourself a week. Give yourself a couple days. No longer than a week. No longer than a week because life is going to keep going, right? You can mourn all you want and, and say, woe is me, but life is going to keep going. So you have to take action. So he arose, but watch this. I will arise, but what's the positive action now? And go where? And go to my father. So notice what he said this time. Last time he wanted his money. And what did he do with his money? He left, which is an action too. He left and he spent his money on what type of living? On riotous living. He took action, but who was the focus? He was. Now this time he came to himself. Now he says, I will arise. And instead of focusing on me, I will arise and I will go where? <laughs> and I will go to my father. Notice he didn't say, I will arise and find another job. Notice he didn't say, I will arise and go have more fun somewhere else. Notice he didn't say, I will arise and go find ways to make more money. See, here's what you got to realize, Christian, and I had to realize this too through, through, uh, through great counsel from Scripture, from parents, from great people. When we make these decisions, and when we're mourning and reflecting, and when you're tired of being tired at work, at home, at all these other places, you can't arise and do the same thing that you did before. You have to arise and you got to go to God. You have to, you got to go to God. We need to let God know the first time, God, I didn't do this with you. But this time I'm letting you guide me 100%. I'm letting you guide me 100%. So he said, I will go to my father. And notice what he said. I will say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of your hired servants. So he had humility now. You see that you see the change? So now look at this. So keep your finger in Luke 15. Go back to Daniel chapter 4. All right? Go back to Daniel chapter four. All right. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he did the same thing. So 
after he got turned into a beast, I, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 34 of chapter 4, my reason or my eyes uh, looked into heaven, my understanding returned, and then this is what he said. Then I blessed the Most High, and I praised, and I honored, <laughs> and I and and I honored him that lived forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Now jump to verse 36. And at the same time, the Bible says, my reason returned unto me. So notice, Nebuchadnezzar did the same thing, and the young son in Luke 15 did the same thing. So practically, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, what's the first word? Here's, this is a phrase we quote forever. But for me personally, it took me a long time to really live out this verse. Seek, which is what type of word? A verb, which is an action word. So we have our action. And what did we say we have to do after we mourn and reflect? Now, what do we have to do? Take action and go where? And go to the father. So the action is seek. You is the subject. Seek ye the kingdom, but how should I seek the kingdom now? See, I already made my dumb mistake in my pride. Luke 15, the young son made his mistake. Nebuchadnezzar made his mistake. I was seeking something. I was seeking something first, but it wasn't the kingdom. What was I seeking first? Whatever I wanted. But this time, we got to take action with the Father. So how do I do that? So he tells you that what you need to seek. You seek first the kingdom. Right there, that phrase right there, guys, is where your change is going to happen. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, how does this look practically for you and I? So let's say you're in this spot right now that I've been in, that I was in, and that you're in right now, right? So here's a question. So up to this point right now, for your job, for other things, when you sacrificed God's time, for the for work's time, for other things' time, how has that worked out for you right now? How has that worked out for you as you continue to kill yourself in these other things? How's that working out? It's not, right? So here's where your faith kicks in. Here's where my faith had to kick in. Now, this is where most people stop. Okay, so let's stop right here. I'm going to be real. This is where most people stop this process, and this is why most people stay stuck. Because they realize, and they will mourn and reflect. People don't have a problem with mourning and reflecting. They'll mourn and reflect on what they did wrong and the decisions that got them there. But then what they'll do, they'll continue to take action, but they'll try a different way. Okay, this way didn't work, so now I'm going to go to this one. Now I'm going to do this. So instead of going to God, and seeking first the kingdom, they're going to keep trying different ways. 
that's where most people stop. What we have to do, we have to stop putting things before God. I promise you guys, if you keep putting other things before him, you're going to keep struggling. So right now, your faith is being tested right now as we speak. So what you have to show God, you realize the mistakes that got you where you are. You realize he was nowhere in the plans. So now what you have to do, you have to show God that you're trying to change. Right now, if you're not sitting in my in our Job class, please send me a message so, so you can start sitting in there. Because the whole premise of that whole class is, how is your faith? Our faith is growing and developing after each chapter. So what God wants you to do right now, this right now, this second, this is a test of faith right now. So you said you want to change. You said you want to put the kingdom first, but will you? Now, here's the questions that's God, that God is asking you right now. Okay, you've mourned and reflected. Great. You understand the decisions you made up to this point. I was nowhere in the plans, and you realize that. Wonderful. You've come to me and you've asked me for help. Wonderful. Now, what are you going to do? Are you just going to say that and just your actions keep doing the same things? Or are you actually going to for real change? Do you trust me in seeking the kingdom first? Or do you trust your pocketbook? That's a test of faith, y'all. Because let me tell you something. I went through that test too. There were times... When I told you I was working at Enterprise, I'm just going to be real with you in terms of the money I was making. I was making minimum as a minimum gets with with so many bills and so many things to pay. Okay. And at that time, every two weeks, I was probably getting 200 bucks every two weeks. It was terrible. And that was the only job I can get. And at the same time, while I was working that job, I was applying to like five other. So every day I would work. I would get home at like eight and then for two hours I would I would look up jobs and I've applied to like a thousand jobs and nothing was happening. So guess what that was? I mourned and reflected. But guess what God wanted me to do? Do you trust me or do you trust your money? See, that's where that's where most people quit, too. Because if you have faith in the Lord, when you seek first the kingdom, You literally put him first over everything. So sometimes he will test you to see, do you really mean what you say? Because you could tell me that all day. You could tell your preacher that all day. You can tell the elders. You can tell whoever you talk to about that. But God will test you. So you're making $200 every two weeks, but you got 15 bills to pay. And then by the time you pay those 15 bills, you got like 30 bucks in your bank account. You trust me. That was my life. I had to trust him. Do you trust me or do you trust your stability? At that time, guess what? I wasn't stable. I was living at my parents' second house, sleeping on the floor. Do you trust me or do you trust my stability? See, when you, from experience, when you trust God, things may not line up quickly. I'm not saying that they won't because God's plans might be different for you. But in my experience, things didn't line up quickly. So here's, this is just Jordan speaking. In my opinion, when God is testing your faith, 
that's his way of telling you to trust me as you get closer to me. So when I didn't have any money, but I still had bills to pay, I still had to trust him. When I didn't have any money and I didn't have a place to lay my head other than, I mean, I did in terms of a place, but in terms of my own place, I didn't have that. Do you trust me or your stability? So during that time, guess what I had to relearn? I had to relearn Matthew 6.33. And so as much as I suffered there, and then that was just one job. There were other ones that I'm not telling you about. But I'm so thankful that I had so many good people that still encouraged me and still told me to keep coming to worship, never miss a service. And at the time, I never let my job make me miss service either. Those guys, see, here's the thing about that enterprise. That enterprise works with the airport. And what would happen is on Wednesday nights, the we're supposed to close at at 6. But they would purposely, and they did this, on, and they knew what they were doing. Because I told them before that I was a preacher and that I had Bible classes to teach and things to do. And so purposely what they would do, all those cars from the airport that were dirty would be sent to our place. So by 6 o'clock, you're about to clock out and 50 cars roll up. And guess what? Every time I said, you can fire me. You can do whatever you want, but I'm not missing worship. See, here's another thing people will do too. Your work will test you to see who you really are. So sometimes you have to have faith in God. See, this part of seeking first the kingdom In one word, guess what it is? Consistency. Not not for a month, and then God gives you what you want, and then you do what you want to do. You got to be consistent. And so remember, the question that we always ask, how is your faith? So I told them every time, look, I'll clean this until 6 o'clock, 6.30 at the latest but I'm going to leave because I have an appointment at worship. They tested me and they said, Hey, you might be here for a while. I said, no. Sometimes it reminds me of that Captain America movie. Sometimes someone will tell you to move, but sometimes as a Christian, no, you say, no, you move. Sometimes we let our job and we let other things intimidate us not to do what God wants us to do. No, you move. You don't have to be disrespectful. I wasn't disrespectful with it. But I said, respectively, I'm going to worship. I will stay here. I will fulfill my duties until 630, but I'm out after that. And they tested me, and every time they let me go. They tested you, and they're testing you too. Sometimes, guys, seeking first the kingdom is not easy. That's why so many people don't do it. And that's why so many people stay in, stay in the struggle and they complain about the struggle because they're not willing to make decisions to get out of it. Guys, this is the hardest part. You got to make decisions. If you really want to seek first the kingdom, you'll be tested. What are you going to do? What do you do if you, if you lose your job? You trust God? You trust him? 
So that day, there were multiple days I could have lost my job. And I told you my money situation. What was I going to do? You got to trust God. He'll take care of you. But how's your faith? And how's your faith going to be developed? Through this book, guys. You see why this is hard? So not only do you have to mourn and reflect, but what you got to do, you got to arise and you got to go to him. And you can't let anybody and you can't let anything get in the way. You can't do it. You can't do it. And if we can't do step two, we can't do any of this. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get it in a day. It takes a while. But what you got to do for yourself, you have to set a standard. And maybe this thing that you're killing yourself for really isn't worth it. So even if I did lose that job, maybe there was maybe I needed to because there was something better for me. Or maybe my life trajectory needed to go somewhere else, and it did, and it needed to. It's the same deal. So after we take time to mourn and reflect, after we take action, but this time we take that action with God, what do we have to do? Number three, we have to keep the change consistent. We have to keep the change consistent. Now, as far as we know, from Luke 15, when the younger son came back home, they rejoiced, and as far as we know, he continued with his father, and he was consistent with keeping God first. But we can't say the same for Nebuchadnezzar. See, we just looked at chapter 4, but we need to back up a little bit. So go back to Daniel. Go back to Daniel 3, and look at verse 28. So, again... Before this happens, remember the king made this image of gold and he wanted everyone to worship it. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the only ones that stood up and didn't worship that idol. And so he throws them into the fiery furnace, but they come out unhinged. Nothing happened. So watch what he says in, uh, in Daniel chapter 3. So Nebuchadnezzar sees this. Now watch what he says in verse number 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar, after all this happened, he spake, and Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. Ooh, so what did he see? That they trusted in God in a dire situation. What if they would have lost their life? How's your faith? What if you lose your job? How's your faith? You see why faith is so important? Because what happens if you lose something? What were you going to do? But Nebuchadnezzar saw these men trusting God so much that even their lives they give to him. Right, keep going. Uh, and have changed the king's word, and they've yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. See, now that's the part that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did the thing Captain America said. No, you move. You're telling me to do this? No, you move. So now, because they made that decision, now Nebuchadnezzar, what he did, now he made a decree, verse 29, and said, every people, every nation, and every language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut in pieces. And the houses shall be made a dunghill, and there is no other God 
that can deliver like this one after this sort. So you know what? Sometimes I think God waits on us to stand up for him. He's already done his part. He stood up for us and sending Christ. But he's waiting for you to stand up for him. So now Nebuchadnezzar, after all this happens, he says all of this stuff and he praises God. That's great, right? He comes and he learns more about God. Then he promotes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, verse 30. But the thing about Nebuchadnezzar was he worshiped God at the, at the moment, at the time. But he wasn't consistent with it. Because what do we see in chapter 4? If it was a real change, he would have had the right type of attitude. But as we see in the next chapter, he looks out and he says, look at, all, look at everything I got. I built this. I made this. So he, he didn't learn his lesson. So he had to be humbled again. See, when we aren't consistently humbled before God, what's happening to you right now, it's going to keep happening. And I'm saying this out of love because I love you. Okay. I'm going to tell you what other people won't say. What's happening to you right now is going to keep consistently happening because I know from experience and this is what the word says. And so you're going to find yourself in kind of this time loop for you. Marvel fans. Remember with, uh, with, uh, with Dr. Strange, when he's just in that constant time loop over and over and over and over and over, that's how your life is going to be. Constant struggle over and over and over and over and over and over and over. There'll be different variables. It might look different. It might work out for this long or that long, but the same result's going to happen. Same result's going to happen. Listen, I love you guys. And the reason why I'm saying this it's because I don't want you to stay stuck like I did, like I was. I'm not there anymore where I was. I don't want you to be where you are right now. I don't want you to stay there. I want you to get up. But here's how you do it, Christian. You have to take the time to mourn and reflect on the decisions that you made without God to get you where you're at. Then number two. Instead of taking action and thinking you got to get something better, I need a better job. I need a better this. I need a bigger this. I need a better that. You're still looking at it wrong. Instead of looking at what you need bigger and better, what you need to do is instead of taking action that way, you need to put your 1,000 trillion billion gazillion percent on God now. Right now. I don't care how much money you're making. I don't care where you're living. I don't care what your situation is. You need to stop and give God everything right now. Now. Because you need to start seeking first the kingdom and you need to start building that trust back up with him. Not just through your words, but with your actions. You have to let him know I'm in this 100%. You've got me now. Because if you don't, because I love you, this is why I'm saying this. You're going to keep suffering and I don't want to see you that way. You need to seek first the kingdom. You need to improve yourself spiritually in every way possible. Every opportunity that the church provides, you need to find some way to be there or listen to it or get it. You need to find ways to get better spiritually. And then number three, after you've made that commitment, you got to keep it consistent. This isn't a month thing. 
This isn't a two-month thing. This isn't a year thing. It's an everyday thing. That's the hardest part. You got to stay consistent. You got to stay consistent. Now, as we close, it's never too late to get it right. There was a moment for me where I thought it was over. And I said that out loud, said it's over. I was struggling at work. I was struggling. I mean, I just, nothing was going right. And I thought it was over. I thought it was over until somebody told me this. Till my parents told me this. Till elders told me this. Till preachers told me this. And so now, where I'm at now, it's all the Lord. I mean, it's obviously you have to give some effort, but it's all him. It's all him. You can be in a better spot than where you are. Guys, I understand what it feels like to struggle. I understand what it feels like to have no money to your name. I understand what it feels like to go through those things. I get it. But it won't change unless you put him first. Please, please, please trust me. Don't try anything else because nothing else is going to work long term. You might get a bigger and better job. But even if you do get a bigger and better job, guess what that's going to make you do? Work there more and kill yourself there more. You might get a bigger and better this. You'll be there. Please just take some time and reevaluate what you got to do. It's never too late to get it right. Here's, here's one last example. Go to, uh, go to Genesis before we close. Um, let me make sure I have the right text. Genesis chapter 5. Okay. Genesis chapter 5. And I want you to look at Enoch, right? And so as we read through the genealogies here, this is why it's never too late. It's so beautiful. Verse 21 of chapter five. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. So when Enoch, before he begat Methuselah, how many years did he live? 65 okay so we know the aging process was different then but 65 is still 65 okay so he lives 65 years so watch verse 22 and enoch walked with god what's the next word after he begat methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Enoch were 365. And Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. For the first 65 years of his life, Enoch did what he wanted. But after Methuselah, for the next 300, Enoch did this. And he lived so faithfully that God just took him. So for you right now, this is why I say it's never too late. You can be in your 20s, your 30s, 
your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. You could have made all your mistakes. You could have done everything that you've done right now. Listen to me and look at me. It is not too late for you. Don't you dare believe that. You still have time to walk with God. You got to get it right. So here's what I would advise you to do today. If you know somebody that can help you do that, call them now. Text them now. Let them know now. And what you got to do with that person, you got to make a plan. So you can't just get all emotional and talk to the person. I want to change. I want to get better. And you have a great conversation with the person and you go home and don't do anything. You got to have a plan. So you got to sit there with the person. You got to write out, okay, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. What do I need to do? You need to make a plan. You need to change it up. You need to find ways to get better. That's how you change. You got to be organized with this. Enoch walked with God. So you got to start walking with him too. Man, dude, love you guys so much, man. I, I want you guys to get it right so bad. Um, I just don't want you to stay where you are um, because I know that you can get better. And I know that things can be better for you if you really do follow the Lord. And I'm here to help you 100% any way that I can. Any way that I can, I'm here to help because I care. Because I want you, I don't want you to stay in the struggle. I don't want you to always struggle this way. I don't want you to always feel drained and feel like you got the weight of the world on you. I don't want that for you. I want you to have things better. It's never too late to get it right. Man, give me the chills, man. It's so good. Uh, And the wonderful thing about it is it's so great just for me personally looking back and look at Providence and just look at, okay, I see. I want that for you too. So, Lord willing, hope that I was able to help you. I hope that I was able to encourage you and, and kind of change your mindset and maybe change your thought process of where you're at right now. Um, I really hope that that was able to help you. And if there's any way that I can help, please let me know. Uh, contact me in any way that that uh, that you can, um, and then we can we can work this out and, and and make a plan for you. So we will be back, Lord willing, uh, Monday with another podcast again continue to support if you can just go to anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real and then you can send a monthly donation and then uh, i would really appreciate that to help the podcast and i just appreciate you guys love you guys and we will see you all next week thanks guys